Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Off to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, where Jane Pickett, our resident vet, joins us on this very warm and sunny Thursday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. Are you a fan of the warm weather? Oh, you know, I am. I must admit, I think for the little bit of it that we get in this country every year, I usually bask and enjoy it. But I suppose it is one of those times of times of years where the heat really um, takes off and we need to be very mindful of our pets in this hot weather as well. So just making sure they have lots of shade, lots of access to water um, and not out in the sun during the hot periods of the day, kind of from midday to three o'clock, walk them either early in the morning or later on in the evening. Yeah, and I mean, I was only, I, I was only thinking uh, last month when we had that other short, very short spell of uh, warm weather and we had one of our listeners who unfortunately lost a much-loved dog. They thought they were doing everything right, left the dog alone for a period of time during the midday sun. So, um, it had died by the time they came back. So it, heat stroke can hit very quickly, it seems. It can hit very, very quickly. I think most dogs, when let's say they're around at home, as long as they have access to a good amount of shade or not kind of taken out during the hot part of the day and have plenty of access to water, most will be fine. The breeds that we really need to watch out for are those with kind of the flatter faces, so brachycephalic dogs. They'd be breeds like bulldogs, Frenchies, for example. They really struggle in the heat because the dog's main way of getting rid of heat is by panting. Um, so they can't sweat in the same way that we do. And obviously those little dogs with the short faces, they struggle with their breathing somewhat, so they don't cope so well in hot weather. And similarly, patients with heart disease, they're one we'd really want to watch out for. But it can escalate very, very quickly as I say most dogs would be normal as long as they're allowed shade and water but in a hot car for example or a hot conservatory they're really really dangerous areas to have your pet in in this kind of weather because temperature if they're locked in there can escalate within a period of minutes it can become intolerably hot and once once a pet is left in a hot environment for more than a few minutes if they can't expel enough heat and they can't escape the heat they will begin to suffer signs of heat stroke so it's really really important to be careful to keep your pet cool so i think the main signs i'd look out for of heat stroke in this hot weather will be um struggling to breathe excessive panting and distress sometimes quite a lot of disorientation things like vomiting and in some cases even things like seizures they will be the very end stage of things. The main thing I would say is if you're in doubt about your pet, if you feel that they seem distressed, unsettled, every dog is going to pant in hot weather. So it is a bit of a gray area. Are they panting because they're blowing off heat or are they panting because they have heat stroke? Generally, a pet with heat stroke will appear somewhat distressed. 
Um, and obviously they'll have kind of a consistent history of being in a hot place for a period of time. So if in doubt, take them to the vet. You might read online about ways of treating heat stroke at home. I know there's some interesting ideas on that going around this year. And what I would say is that there is no way of treating heat stroke at home. You need to bring your pet to the vet. Home remedies, I know of one that's going around on the internet at the moment about lemon juice heating, heating, treating heat stroke. It's never going to work. It's It has no scientific basis. So you really need to make sure you take your pet to the vet if you are concerned that it may have heat stroke for treatment. Okay, Lorraine has been on to say her five-year-old cat is basking in the garden every day. She says, anytime I try and move her into a shaded area, as soon as I turn my back, she's back out lying in the sun. She absolutely adores it. Should I be concerned? Mm, this is difficult. So cats are, it's a really great point as well. Cats are a lot more difficult to manage in this weather than dogs and the signs that cats may have of heat stroke are a lot more subtle as well. They can be also kind of disorientated, a little bit stressed. Panting um, is, a, is a very worrying sign in a cat and should never be seen. So if you do see a cat panting, they need to go straight to the vet. Um, it is maybe a cause for concern, but it does sound like you're managing well. You're being mindful of the fact that they are basking and trying to offer them shade and access to the indoors. I think with a cat, cats are stubborn. They ha- they know their own minds. That's pretty much the best you can do by locking them inside. And in this beautiful weather, they may want to bask for a little bit. I think I would be mindful of maybe trying to restrict their access to the outdoors during the really hot period of the day, so 12 to 3 o'clock. But other than that, as long as they have access to shade in the indoors, they're probably regulating their temperature okay and you know they'll, they'll move if they if they want to but some cats can bask a little bit too much and can suffer from heat stroke so I think you're doing a great job being mindful of it and maybe just restrict access during the, the hottest part of the day Okay and then PJ noticed that his cat, his dog was refusing to drink water yesterday and he said when I put my finger into the water I realised it was slightly tepid uh, as soon as mm-hmm. I gave him cold water he lapped it up Yeah, it's very much like ourselves. I know drinking kind of lukewarm or hot water is never a pleasant experience. I expect it's probably the same for dogs and cats. Um, So I think keeping kind of cool water is a really good thing to have around because that kind of entices them to drink. It's it's very much like ourselves. A nice cool glass of water is much more enticing than a tepid lukewarm one. So that's a good thing to do. If it is getting really hot these days, some tricks you can use are putting ice cubes into the water. Ice cubes are not harmful for dogs and cats. Um, as long as they're not swallowed whole, of course, that's not great for anyone, um, humans or dogs included. But if you put some, let's say, um, small ice cubes or crushed ice into a water bowl to keep it a little bit cooler for a little bit longer, that's mm. not harmful for your pets as well. It might be a handy trick. But, yeah, but it's unusual. <laughs> the dog didn't like the lukewarm water, which is, yeah, mm. as you say, it's understandable. <laughs> OK, other questions in. Anne, Anne wants to know, is it OK to give a dog a paracetamol, a human paracetamol? Oh, Paracetamol is sometimes used medically um, by vets for dogs for certain types of pain, particularly orthopedic pain. So that would be bone and joint pain. Now, what I will say is paracetamol in itself is not a bad thing to give to a dog or cat. I sometimes or or to give to a dog. We should never give paracetamol to cats because cats cannot metabolize paracetamol and it's actually poisonous to them. So whatever you do, don't give paracetamol to a cat. But in dogs, it is safe. What I will say is that you should only be doing it under the direction of a vet. Giving medications at home to your pet is, you know, filled with danger particularly regarding the dosing of it. So paracetamol tablets for humans are generally one size fits all. But with dogs, there's actually a really quite tight dosing range. So you'd need to know the weight of your pet and the appropriate dose. And the only person that can really calculate that for you is a vet. So if you're concerned that your pet is painful, it's best to kind of raise that with your vet. 
There may be other medications that, depending on the type of pain your pet is experiencing, um, they may recommend other medications for your dog that would manage pain, potentially better than paracetamol. Um, but what I will say is I'd warn against kind of home treatment of pain in dogs and cats. Um, I would advise visiting your vet. And as I say, I reiterate again, never give a cat paracetamol. Okay. Dogs, it's okay. All right. Um, Pat is on saying, um, hi, Jane. I have an 11-year-old dog recently diagnosed with epilepsy and the dog has been put on medication for treating same. Now, prior to the diagnosis of epilepsy and prior to going on this medication, the dog was eating fine. But now he's eating very little could it be linked to the medication? Any suggestion, please? Okay, so I'm sorry to hear that your your dog has been unwell. Epilepsy can be a really scary thing to have in the home as an owner because obviously we never like to see our pets distressed or seizuring, um, but it is something that can be managed in many cases with medication. So I am uncertain what medication he's on. So there's a number of medications that can be used to treat epilepsy. Now, some of those will probably have very little bearing on the appetite, but others can cause a degree of almost sedation that might reduce their appetite. So it is possible it could be linked to the medication. I think there are a number of other causes of reduced appetite or inappetence in dogs that might be entirely separate from their seizure problem. So it's really important that that's a change for your pet. And as I always say, any change for your pet is something that needs to be investigated. So the vet that's managing your pet's epilepsy, let them know that they've no, that you've noticed a reduction in appetite that you're concerned and that that's a change for your pet. And if it is linked to the medication, they might try changing the medication or dose reduction. And as I say, without knowing more clinical details of the case, I, you know, I couldn't comment any further on that. But what I will say is, is that regardless of the underlying cause, it needs to be raised with your vet because if it's a change for your pet, it's a signal that something is going on. And it may be the medication or it may be something else. Yeah, because sometimes with humans, the medication, well, it might solve what you're taking it for but it can upset you in in other ways as well Um, Hi Jane my six month old puppy will come when called so the puppy knows his or her name I've even taught her touch meaning she puts her nose into my hand so she's a bright little thing but if we're about to leave somewhere no way would she come to me even if I've got treats in my hand she'll come to a certain point where she knows I will not be able to catch her I'm lost with what to do Never had this problem with my other dog who is now four years old. So it's obviously when they're out and about, it's time to go home. The dog, the little puppy just doesn't want the fun to end is what it sounds like. Well, how do you get around that? Yeah, that's a really tough one. I'd say, first of all, really, really well done on getting going with that training. A solid base of training and communication between dog and owner is really essential for them to have a long kind of, you know, good, stress-free, relaxed life with yourself and be able to kind of cope with a lot of situations and have a good behavioral pattern. So really well done on getting going at that. It sounds like you're putting in a lot of the groundwork, um, really reinforcing that kind of come and um, then they get they get a little treat. So really reinforcing that kind of recall behavior in a normal, let's say, non-challenging setting. So at home, it sounds like you're doing that and it's going well. But when they're taken into a setting where there's all these exciting things, they have so many other drivers there that they want to explore. They want to enjoy the fun and they don't want the fun to end. What I would suggest is maybe try reinforcing the recall behavior. So getting them to come back to you a lot when you're out on walks. So not just when you're about to leave, recall them every 30, 30 seconds a minute and bring a really high value treat with you. So don't just bring maybe this 
the, the slightly boring training treats you might use at home, bring something really exciting that they might not get any other time. And it's a super tasty treat, like a little bit of ham or chicken so that you know it's reliable and they really want that. And they might even want that treat more than they want to stay in that place and play around and sniff all the new new environment. So you need to have something super exciting to really try and entice them back. It sounds like you're on the right road. I'm sure you'll get there. It's just really getting them into the habit of recall and making sure you have something super enticing so that it's a high value reward for them. Okay, keep, I'm sure you keep, get there. Keep doing what you're doing. And I find one from Breda who has a little kitten, uh, about eight or nine weeks old. Could you talk about vaccinations and what vaccinations does the kitten need? Okay, so vaccinations are super, super important. They're an absolute essential um, for cats and for dogs. For kittens, they can be vaccinated from about eight, nine weeks of age. Now, I say eight or nine, it's important to check with your local vet because it does depend a little bit on what vaccine brand they carry as to what age they're allowed to start it from. So eight or nine weeks, and then they'll need a second vaccination, usually three to four weeks later. Now, if your kitten is older than that and they haven't had their first vaccinations yet, that's still absolutely fine. You know, better late than ever, it's always a good time to start, but that's the earliest it can be done. Okay. Now, there's a number of different vaccinations you could do. The main ones that you always have to get done are for cat flu and for enteritis. So there's a core vaccination that covers that. And additionally, if your cat has any access to other cats or the outdoors, I would always recommend getting them vaccinated for um, feline leukemia virus, so FELV, because it is something that is transmitted by contact with other cats fighting, for example. Um, so if your pet is anything but 100% indoors, they need to have that on board as well. Most vaccinations will come as a combination. So it doesn't mean multiple needles for your pet. Usually it's just the choice of what to vaccinate for. I think without knowing your kind of situation and what the cat's plan for being indoors, outdoors or a bit of both is, advising you exactly what to use is a bit difficult. What I'd say is, you know, raise it with your vet. Let them know about your cat's kind of intended lifestyle and they'll be able to advise you on what vaccination is vaccination is a must for sure. Okay, mm-hmm. we leave it there. Absolutely. Enjoy the rest of the sunny weather, Jane, and we'll chat next Thursday. You too. Thanks Thank a million. Uh, Jane Pickett, the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital, uh, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.